On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, the Joe Show may have come to a close after what was a very hectic week and very, very successful, it has to be said. But what did our American friends make of all the fuss and how did the visit go down in Northern Ireland and across the water in Britain? Joining me now to discuss all of that is regular uh, guest on my other show, Taking Stock, Will Hutton. He's a political columnist and he is a writer for The Observer. And I'm also joined by Amanda Ferguson, who's a Belfast-based freelance journalist and the Reuters Northern Ireland correspondent. Thank you both very much for joining me this morning. Nice to be with you. Now, Will, I'm going to start off with you. There's there's two things really I want to talk to you about. And the first is um, Biden's relationship with the UK. And the second part is uh, the UK's media views on Irishness. So I'm going to start with... The, <laughs> let's, start with let's start with the easy one, Will. Um, Biden uh, was depicted by many as being anti-British and it led to a lot of uh, very sensitive uh, column inches in some of the newspapers over there. What do you put that down to? Uh, A degree of jealousy that um, an American president should spend so much time and take so much pleasure um, in his Irishness. Um, And the British have long believed, particularly on the right, there's a special relationship with the United States, which is um, very particular. And the notion that uh, uh, a smaller island <laughs> across the Irish Sea has got a relationship and plainly as vigorous and as affectionate as our own enrages some on the right and makes them feel jealous. Mm. There's also, I think, uh, um, uh, uh, brutally, I mean, um, great insecurity here about the strategic decision that was taken to leave the European Union. I mean, it was a, um, and it's not going well. In fact, it's, um, you know, hoped for trade deals with uh, America and in Asia have not, have not transpired. And actually, there's, there's a set, tremendous sense of marginalization. And, you know, it was accentuated by the fact that Joe Biden um, is not going to come to the um, coronation of Charles III, but is going to spend three days in Ireland yeah. and evidently enjoy himself. Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, and, and then there's always been a, a, a slight sense that, you know, and this is not held by everybody in Britain, by the way. Mm. I mean, it's not, certainly not held by me. But, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a view amongst some in the media and uh, political establishment um, that uh, Ireland is, uh, you know, should, not be a, should not be allowed and, um, and, and should be taken down a peg or two if it starts... Um, Taking itself too seriously and boxing above its weight, I mean, mm. actually, mm. and so there's a, there's a sense of that too. So all of that came together. Yeah, and I think it's it is fair to say that it, it is only some elements of the UK media, but they they do have a very visceral feeling and reaction to Irishness at times. They they manage to mask it for ninety percent of the time, but when it does uh, manifest itself and transpire, it, it is very very ugly. Um, Amanda, I want to bring you in here uh, if I can, because the person who kicked all of this Biden is anti-Britishness off was Arlene Foster and her com- her comments. Um, now that the dust has kind of settled, what are people in Northern Ireland making of those comments and what were her motivations behind doing it? Is she just gone full on GB News now or was she playing to her own particular uh, political domestic audience? 
Well, I think that a lot is made of uh, countries and, and regions' different special relationship with US administrations. And I think it's clear that the, the special relationship for Joe Biden anyway is with Ireland. Um, and we know Ireland's currently t- uh, two jurisdictions, but it is one place. Uh, obviously, the, the northern uh, bit is complicated. It's part of the United Kingdom. You're going to have different views on an American president's visit uh, to Northern Ireland. So I think Arlene Foster was coming from the perspective of uh, being free of the shackles of being first minister so she really can say what she wants and also she is that uh, GB news presenter um, and so she has media client uh, to service um, and I, I think that uh, she went quite heavy in on uh, the criticism of, of Joe Biden. Now unionism tends to take a two-prong attack whenever events like this happen you saw the sort of comments about you know hating and uh, being anti-British and so on from people like Arlene Foster and Sammy Wilson and so on but then Sir Geoffrey Donaldson who is the DUP leader um, he attended the Ulster University event. Uh, he made quite generous remarks and acknowledged that President Biden had reflected uh, on uh, Ulster Scots and English uh, heritage and all that sort of stuff. So mm. I think that um, it's like any uh, visit uh, in any place. Some people will be very excited about it and waving tricolours and American flags. Other people will uh, be uh, hostile towards uh, President Biden, including uh, anti-war protesters. Palestine was raised, Cuba was raised and so on. And then there's indifference from some other people. So I really suppose it depends who you ask. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, one of the things you mentioned there was that this was, of course, a state visit to the island of Ireland. I can't remember a time when somebody had a state visit to the UK where I felt Ireland should be recognised or even spoken about. But let's talk a little bit about... Good point. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it just shows a little bit of, I suppose, uh, the, the thought process in some people's minds that they are the centre of the universe still. But where do you now, just from a broader context, where do you see the UK's special relationship on a wider perspective with the US now? Uh, you mentioned earlier the damage that Brexit had, has done. Is that... Um, irrevocable in, in your in your eyes or where is that relationship that used to be so secure where is that at with the US and the UK now um, I think it's still I mean um, this is tricky I mean there's a there's a there's a defense relationship which is I think quite strong I mean this kind of five eyes relationship with the, you know not just with Britain but with New Zealand and Australia um, and Canada you know the the, the kind of um, that defence relationship is actually quite strong, and I mean Britain has been dependent upon um, uh, access to American uh, nuclear weapons. I mean we, we have a we only have the Trident submarines because of the of a, um, American willingness to allow us to do that, and I, that's not going to stop anytime soon. So there's a, there is this sense that we you know we will continue to be a kind of junior partner in a in a relationship where uh, often the relationship the kind of interest in the United States and the UK we seen kind of the same. But you know it's getting tricky, isn't it? I mean, the um, uh, you know our our economic weight in the UK is actually plainly less than France and Germany's. Um, I mean, as you talk about the big three in Europe, I think that you know you have to put the UK now kind of at best kind of junior to the other two, and outside the European Union, it has even less kind of leverage. So there's all of that. Um, and I, and I, and I mean, and British arms. I mean, this isn't, this isn't said much, but I think it should be said. Um, you know, we failed in, in Afghanistan and we failed in Iraq. And actually, the American military establishment um, doesn't rate us, um, uh, certainly in the field of combat, very highly. 
although they do rate us as a kind of listening post, GCHQ and all of that is very valuable to the Americans. So it is a particular relationship, but I think it's, I mean, um, it's, a, it's one of a supplicant. It's one where, you know, um, uh, British, successive British prime ministers need to be stroked in Washington to make, and, you know, and the, and the Americans know very well they should say nice things to keep, um, you know, our, our more proper up. But it's plainly fainter than it was. Um, you know, America looks to um, Japan. America looks to Germany. Um, America looks to the European Union. Um, and America also has its internal, a huge internal kind of divisions between Republicans and Democrats about, you know, where as a country it's going. So it's not an easy relationship at all, and Britain's not going to get um, any any anything kind um, from um, any American president, Democrat or Republican in the near future. Mm. Amanda, I'm just going to bring you back in there on on what American presidents uh, have done in the past historically to to assist the Northern Ireland question, and and indeed what Joe Biden, uh, in his defence, is doing now because he is supportive of Rishi Sunak's Windsor Agreement and says that this is the way to solve the impasse at the moment. He's also dangled quite a big six billion dollar carrot in front of them. Do you think those type of supports will be enough ultimately to move the DUP towards? Uh, renewing engagement on the the re-establishment of the Assembly? I think if we're going to get uh, Stormont back up and running, the best chances is on the other side of the local elections in May. Uh, so it may be the autumn and September when a new Stormont uh, term is due to start before we see something being pulled together. However, objections to the Windsor framework remain within the DUP. They want to take advantage um, of, of the, the benefits, but they also have fundamental issues with what's been agreed between the UK and the EU. I think it's fascinating whenever it comes to uh, American politicians uh, views about Ireland and about Northern Ireland and about the Good Friday Agreement because when it comes to, to Northern Ireland it's sort of uniquely sort of bipartisan Republicans and Democrats uh, you know coalesce, they they all are in agreement that the Good Friday Agreement should be protected. We hear senior figures like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Richie Neal and a variety of other people mm. all talking about the importance of the Good Friday Agreement and then of course we know that uh, George Mitchell who's going to be honoured at the, the big three day conference up at Queen's this week was instrumental you know, the, the UK and Irish governments are co-guarantors of the Good Friday Agreement, but America helped broker it and Bill Clinton's uh, knocking around Belfast and Derry and Hillary Clinton's going to be here and a range of other uh, EU, UK, Irish and other figures are going to be uh, here to, to, to mark uh, at this conference. And also we saw whenever Joe Biden touched down in Belfast, Right behind him on on the steps of Air Force One was Joe Kennedy, the new economic envoy to Northern Ireland. Uh, and Joe Kennedy stayed on in the north uh, after Biden crossed the border for, for the rest of his trip. So there's a lot of careful language happens whenever people are in Northern Ireland. And that's understandable because uh, some of us are British Unionists, some of us are Irish Republicans, some of us are neither of those things and, and everything in between. Uh, but I think that the message that was coming from the US uh, to the north was if you can have stability, you can have prosperity. Um, and then, of course, the emotional and financial um, and, and cultural uh, relationship between both jurisdictions on the island of Ireland. You know, I got the, the opportunity to, to ask a quick question uh, to President Biden. And really what he wants is that closeness to continue um, and, and for the politicians on, on my side of the border to get their act together and get Stormont back up and running to deliver for people. But I think we're a way off that yet. Well, I might leave the final word on this to you, um, just going back to Biden and his relationship with the UK. What's the feeling over there about him not attending the coronation of King Charles on the 6th of May? It was a bit of a, I think there's a sense that actually, and Biden was slightly 
kind of relegated when it came to the funeral. He was at the funeral, but he was kind of well back in the nave of Westminster Abbey. And kind of, um, the, I think the Polish delegation was some um, seats ahead of him. And the, the sense was that the, the, whatever the reasons, um, that actually um, there was a kind of mild snub, and he's kind of mildly snubbed back. Um, so there's, there's, there's all that subtext going on. But, I mean, um, you know, it's not good news. I mean, you know, the, the coronation of Charles III is a big event in British national life. And, you know, and you want a, the, the British establishment, political um, official and business financial, want, you know, recognized globally. And it, the fact that the President of the United States isn't turning up is a snub. Um, mm. You know, you can't you can't take it away from it. Um, on the other hand, I mean, why should um, a country that declared independence from the British monarch um, over 200 years ago want to come to celebrate <laughs> the coronation? It, I mean, it's a republic, you know. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a very public um, display of support when things like that happen, and so for for him not to be there is, I suppose, a big international it's a big deal. It's deal. a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, and I have no doubt. I have no doubt that you see. I, but I mean, your listeners shouldn't be any any doubts actually. Um, that uh, uh, I mean, there's this unholy alliance between kind of the DUP. Arlene Foster has her show on, on GB News and all of that, and the right of the Tory Party. But, I mean, this is a, um, it's a very narrow faction in British politics. Yeah. I mean, mainstream British politics is not in that place at all. I mean, mainstream British politics is very much where, actually, mainstream opinion, I think, is in Northern Ireland, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, these, these noises are kind of, I mean, for me personally, and there's lots of people who think like me, you know, when you hear Arlene Foster say, you know, the American president is anti-British, you just want to kind of, you roll your eyes and bury your head in this in your hands and just think, you know, I just don't want to be part of the thing. Polity is this person. Why, why, why is she embarrassing me in this way? I, you know, I don't think that. And, and hundreds and tens of millions of us don't think that either, you know. Yeah, no, no. And, and I think that that's certainly clear uh, and we're not suggesting that uh, all British people or even all British media do. But for, we're not going to solve, we're not going to solve all these international no, di- diplomatic problems today. But I do thank you both very much for taking the time to be with me. That was Will Hutton, who's a columnist for The Observer, and Amanda Ferguson from Reuters in Northern Ireland. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you. On the record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.